0: Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shea, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan on a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years go to madronafinancial.com and click get started to see what the rooted wealth plan can do for you and now here are your hosts brian evans and jeff Shade.
1: Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade. And as always, I'm just here to ask the questions for you. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. As always, another great show lined up for us today. But before we get to that, as always, I want to remind you, a lot of people do not have the opportunity to hear the entire show. So if you've missed any part of it or you want to hear it all over again, very simple. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans. We have well more than 300 episodes up there. There is bound to be one that applies to you. Brian, on today's show, we're going to to be talking again about everybody's favorite subjects. I say that facetiously tongue-in-cheek and that would be taxes. Taxes and death. Those are the two sureties in life. But Brian, I want to go back to when you were a young man and I know that you studied at Washington State University over in Pullman. You're a proud cougar. What caused you as a teenager to decide that you wanted to make your life dealing with people's taxes?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good question. I remember when I was little, they'd go around the room like in kindergarten or something <laughs> And there was, I want to be a mommy. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it. Uh-huh. And what was weird is I was talking to my aunt, Judy, and mm-hmm. I was eight, as I recall. And I said, hey, Judy, I'm, I really think I'm pretty good at math. I really like money. Mm-hmm. What should I do when I grow up? She says, you should be a CPA. And so when people would ask me, hey, "Little boy, what are you going to do when you grow up? Well, I'm going to be a CPA. <laughs> and they'd look at me like, What? what? And I thought, that's kind of cool. And so I knew every time I said that, you know, yeah. people were impressed. So yeah. I thought, well, being a CPA must be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so not knowing that it's, it's pretty high on the nerd quotient, I think, but I thought it was cool. Yeah. And so I did until um, my uncle, Lowell, came up to me and I said, I hear you're going to be a CPA. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be a CPA. He said, oh, Huh. Do you know what that stands for? I said, no, I don't know. <laughs> C and P and A, I'm going to be those three letters. I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. He says, well, certified public accountant. You might want to remember that. So <laughs> Oh, okay. So then people would ask, I'm going to be a certified public accountant. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> so as I got uh, into my schooling, you know, I take these aptitude tests. And uh-huh. that was my aptitude. I was... Mm. I scored, gosh, just off the charts on the whole math and accounting. They gave me a 99 plus percentile rating, which means you're you're freaking nature and right. And so I, I I had that. I had the big outstanding math student trophy when I graduated yeah. high school. Took my dad's. He was my the math teacher there for mm. the upper level stuff for two years. And so uh, you know. And then it was another thing that happened in high school, they had an accounting class, but it was a self study, and there were two of us. And <laughs> we go to the library. Two of you. Two of us. And so when I went to college, sometimes you find things that uh, where you have a little practice ahead of time, right? Make uh, things better. So I went to college, I took accounting and I took business math. Well, I got in my business math class, and I realized I took this with my dad already. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I you know, aced it. Yeah. And then accounting class, we spent a year learning basic accounting and what's a debit, what's a credit. I'm like, been there, done that. I did two years of that in the library. Yeah. So now, not only is it my aptitude, but it came easy to me. I got, got A's in it, which makes it more fun. And, and then when they teach a concept, instead of grinding over it and trying to get it in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty good with that, and it's easier to add on, you know, when when you already have a a good base. So I had such a good base in those because I always thought, well, I guess that's what I could be someday. So I just kind of fell into place that way. So when I graduated in accounting from. Uh, washington state university and my first job was with a cpa firm so there's the rest of the story as they say well you were born to be a cpa and uh,
1: i think maybe that's what bruce springsteen should have sung about in his song (laughs) born to be a cpa but anyway you do have an aptitude for this and you definitely have used your skills to help a lot of people and it's interesting that you deal with two of the things that people don't like to think about that is not only taxes but also death
2: yeah, estate planning, you know, we're, uh, as you said, uh, a couple of things, sure, in life. And for most people, many people, you know, legacy is very important to them. And, you know, there's a taxation associated with that. But there's also a lot of other things uh, related to that. Certainly financial planning. I talk about financial planning sometimes with people and I, I remind them, I'm really planning for the, you know, if it's two, you know, husband, and wife, mm-hmm. I'm really planning for the one that's going to outlive the other because the one that passed away first, or if you die prematurely, financial planning gets really easy. You know, I was like, know oh, the doctor gave me two years to live. I'm all by myself. I got a million dollars. What do you recommend? It. I'd say spend half a million a year for two years. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, it's easy. But where you have an undefined time period, you know, they might be 62 and maybe one of them is going to live 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so that now, oh, okay, that's, that's a more complex equation to solve on the financial planning side. But certainly as it relates to, you know, how, our financial planning, the one thing in there, how long should we run this out? Right. Someday, someday someone's going to pass away. How do we account for somebody passing away prematurely, unexpectedly, that kind of thing? And how do we navigate the state tax issue and the legacy issues and, and so forth and so on? So, yeah, I, I kind of check both boxes on the death and taxes. <laughs> I guess
1: I'll always have a job, Jeff. You will always have a job, my friend. As, and as I've always said, you're a world-class mathlete. I mean, you've got the <laughs> great... Great big brain going there, and you're using it for the benefit of all of our listeners and your clients there at Pedrona Financial and CPAs. Well, anyway, Brian, on today's show, as I said, we're going to be talking about taxes, and I want to start off with something that's rather interesting. There are people out there, one in particular that I can think of, who preaches the mantra, power of zero, power of zero, zero taxes. And he's talking about the zero tax bracket. And, Brian, give me your opinion about that. Should you really strive to be in the zero tax bracket
2: No, I don't think so. And I know that sounds weird coming from a CPA. I'm not saying try and pay more in taxes than you need to. What I'm saying is that it doesn't, it kind of flies in the face of logic, even though it sounds logical on the outside. Well, yeah, sure, I'd love to pay zero taxes. Well, that probably means that you, uh, aren't making any money. You know, it's like saying, uh, I don't want to be 80 years old. Well, I'd rather be 80 than the alternative. It's just kind of a a necessary evil if you're going to be successful financially that you'll have income that you pay taxes on. So tax planning isn't about going to zero bracket. And I I think there's been a big change even in how we, we look at deferrals and income tax planning. Or or contributing to qualified money, uh, 401ks and all of that. It used to be when I started in public accounting a long time ago that it was all about deferring. Defer, defer, defer until retirement. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knew that while you're working, that's the most you're ever going to make. When you retire, you're going to have your social security and maybe a little interest and dividends and your income is going to go down, you'll be in a lower bracket. So the big push was to defer money from your working years into your retirement years and kind of spread out the brackets that way. And that's how what financial planning was for decades and what i've seen though over the last 10 20 years is kind of a shift where a lot of my clients are making more yeah. in their retirement than they did when they were working. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing because they have, maybe they have real estate and they've been, you know, rents have been going up and they have all this rental income. Maybe they have annuities and the stock market's been great. They have millions more than they ever thought they would have. And that's producing amounts. You have required minimum distributions that are pushing them into a higher bracket. So now we have almost a, a whole different way of looking at things. Maybe I don't want to defer as much mm-hmm. into retirement. Because of that, the brackets there, and uh, we, you know, what are some of the methods to lower taxes? Certainly, we're going to talk about that today. But it's also important to realize that if you have a lot of income coming in, you're going to pay tax. So we're going to talk about you know the difference between uh, bunching it up and and spreading it out, and why that the effects are of that, and and some of the other strategies that I might recommend to somebody to have lower overall taxes over a long period of time. But I'm not too excited about the whole. Power of zero, uh, <laughs> yeah, getting out of taxes completely because, frankly, there's a product pitch uh, buried in there. Yeah, well, what is that product pitch that is buried in that statement? The product pitch is, you know, you're lured in by that headline. know, I can pay zero taxes, man. This guy's smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want him, and he's going to say, "Give me all your money to invest. I'm going to buy a universal life policy. I'm going to buy a big, big life insurance policy. Uh, put you into one." So that you can, after 15 years or so, start drawing against your future death benefit income tax free. Now, that's not a terrible idea. Uh, That's a great idea for some of your money. Mm -hmm. But to get in the zero bracket, I gotta eliminate everything, don't I? That means I gotta give you all my money to put in a universal life policy and I gotta wait 15 years. That doesn't sound like A great diversified strategy on the top, you know, all of a sudden. And so I I know that it's a product pitch and I know there is some truth to everything. There is some truth to maybe a portion of your portfolio being at zero percent. And that is one way to have a portion of it do it. But I don't, I don't want to just use one illiquid, asset with, you know, limited growth potentially uh, representing my entire portfolio. That doesn't make any sense at all. And that's what the product pitch is.
1: So it sounds like that there are some advisors out there who really focus on one thing. We've many times talked about the tools in the toolbox, of to Financial, the fact that you have all these products, but there are a lot of advisors out there who build their entire careers focusing on just
2: one product. It's very much tunnel vision, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's certainly people out there always talking about uh, risk, you know, reduce your risk. We'll take care of your risk. We'll we'll lower your risk. We got strategies to lower your risk. You don't want to be taking risk, you know, risk, 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 risk. Well, that's a product pitch. It's called a fixed index annuity. They eliminate downside risk, and again, that's a great thing to do. Maybe a percentage, a portion of your portfolio should be in a fixed index annuity, the portion you want to make sure is secure. So where security and potentially cash flow are your objectives over growth and liquidity, then a fixed index annuity could be a, a very important tool in your diversification. However, if that's all I'm pitching, you know, it's the old, uh, I'm a hammer and you all look like nails. <laughs> and I want you all to put all your money into a fixed index annuity. That's how I make a living. Well, I have a little pushback there. Again, there's there's truth to everything. There, you know, there, There's truth to that can be a very good product. But do I think it should be 80% of someone's portfolio or universal life be 80% of someone's portfolio or, or 100%? Absolutely not. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial
1: and CPAs, our program's called Growing Your Wealth. If you're just joining us, we're talking about paying zero in taxes and why that is not a good idea as a goal. Brian, even if you get Social Security, I mean, still, Social Security is going to be subject
2: to taxes. How can you get Social Security and not pay taxes? Well, you you can do that without having any other income. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, most of the people out there that get Social Security, I would say, really don't pay any taxes. And so they are in that 0% bracket. But I, I would guess that if I went to somebody that's in the 0 bracket because all of their income is Social Security and they don't have any other income, I said tell You, what I'm going to trade you, I'll trade your financial situation, but you'll have to pay 22% in income taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, doesn't that mean I'll be making 150 grand a year? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I'm like that trade, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sure that person would trade. So, right there, I'm saying, Oh, yeah, there's an example. Somebody wanted to pay more taxes rather than zero taxes, it's because you have more income. We have a lot of different brackets we have the zero bracket, 10%, 12% bracket. And you can, a married couple can make over $100,000 and not get out of those brackets. 0, 10, and 12. So their overall tax rate might be 8 and up to, you know, the first $100,000 they make. So there, there's something to consider. Uh, then it goes to 22 and 24%. Uh, then there's a 32. And a 35% bracket, a 37% bracket, and uh, in a few years, uh, those brackets g- going to go up again. They have been much higher in the past. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the key is to take advantage of that 0, 10, and 12 brackets fully whenever you can. Uh, especially if you think you're going to have years where you're in those higher 20s and 30s.
1: Yeah, and, you know, tax rates are really not that bad today compared with what they used to be, and we've talked before about how high they were in years past. And again, I'll repeat this story about Ronald Reagan, ex-president of the United States. Certainly before that, he was an actor, and in the 50s when he was making films in California, he only made two films a year because once he reached the $200,000 threshold, he was working for free because all of his money went into paying
2: taxes. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, you mentioned that to me. I'm like, oh, let me do the math on that. You're at that high bracket. So you got Social Security, Medicare, maybe maxed out on those, but the federal tax bracket in those years, had dropped down to 70. You're right. <laughs> post-war, dropped. World War Two, it dropped. was 94, <laughs> yeah. dropped. And then it was 90, so he might have been in the 90 bracket. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what year we're talking about. Yeah, in fact, I think he was. He was in the 90% bracket. Well, then throw on top of that, the California state income tax. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you, there is some you know, offsets and so forth, some deductions in there, but basically he's being taxed at over 100%. Right.
0: I mean, that's just not
2: very good. So he's a very smart guy. Yeah. Evidently, because he knew not to keep working, because, uh, it costs him money to work. Sure. And so that's exactly right. And we're seeing, we're seeing some of those things in, in other states, not, not that. You know, you're working for free, but certainly New York and California are feeling the, the brunt of chasing their, their millionaires out because they keep wanting to go back to the well and bring up, uh, invent right. new taxes for them. And they're like, well, I have no problem moving to where, Florida or something else where sure. they don't have income tax. And so they're, I think they're going to feel some sting from that.
1: Well, I'm glad that Ronald Reagan kept making movies. Bedtime with Bonzo, one of my favorite films, and uh, we can thank Ronald Reagan for that. But yeah, you talk yeah. about the wealth taxes in places like California and New. New York. I read that California is considering a wealth tax, and I mean, you work hard all your life, you sacrifice, you accumulate some money, and then they want to take it all away from you. That doesn't sound like a good incentive to me. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Our program, of course, is called Growing Your Wealth. We're talking about why the zero tax bracket is not a reality, and we're going to be talking about spreading out your income so that you can minimize taxes in just a moment. But in the meantime, I want to remind our listeners who go out to our website, which is Madrona financial.com. It's madronafinancial.com. I want you to, at the very top, click on that get started button to begin the conversation about your rooted wealth analysis. Well, what is your rooted wealth analysis? Well, if you've ever seen those trees that topple over during a storm and you look at the bottom of them there, the roots are very shallow. They just didn't have deep enough roots to sustain the storm. Same way with your financial portfolio. We've had some financial storms here and we're sure to have some more in the near future. So if your roots are not deep enough, your portfolio could be devastated by the next financial storm. If you don't know how deep your financial roots are, simply go to MadronaFinancial.com, click on that Get Started button at the top, and that will begin your conversation. It just takes a couple of minutes to fill that out. You'll be connected with an advisor, and if your financial roots are not deep enough, our advisors will show you how to deepen your financial roots. Quite simple. MadronaFinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. And while you're there, why don't you scroll down about two-thirds of the way down the page and download your No Cost, No Obligation, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement Book that we have available right now. You'll download your digital copy, and this is a great book because it's going to be showing you how to confirm your retirement is designed to support your quality of life for 30-plus years in retirement. If you like to do things by phone, you can also text us, radio, text radio to 833-673-7373 to get your digital copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement. Once again, it's radio to 833-673-7373. And if you want a hard copy, you can also, in that text, just say, send me my hard copy of 7 Steps, and we'll get that right out to you. Brian, we're going to continue talking about minimizing taxes here, but I wanted to minimize mentioned something that I ran across here. This is an interesting little article that said that elderly men are likely to live with a spouse while elderly women are more likely to live alone. Why do you think that is, Brian?
2: Um, I believe in that study they were saying that you know men choose to remarry more often than women do uh, in their later years. So it probably has to do with an, an age thing there and, and certainly guys sometimes a little more needy. <laughs> they need some <laughs> yeah. help. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know to turn on the, lo- the stove? I don't know. How to yeah, do I don't know. know how to do any of this stuff. What are we a helpless? Don't do anything. Yeah, my, I mean, my my dad was well. He figured it out when he would go on his trips to spring training. I oh, yeah. open up a cabinet and there was a bunch of clam chowder <laughs> cans and a bunch of tuna cans. And every single night he had the same dinner. He'd pour in one of each into a, a bowl and eat it. There you go. And after he warmed it up, and I guess you call that cooking. I don't think it's going to make yeah. HGTV anytime soon. No, but
1: well, that's why we have uh, microwave. Today, and I have to say, men are very good at grilling. I mean, Brian, you grill a mean steak out there in the grill, but yeah, that is right. If you're a woman listening to this program, it's important to consider that and important for you to develop some sort of social support groups, you know, volunteer, get out amongst people because you may have a few more years than the man in your life. So, Brian, let's get back to our conversation here about why the zero tax bracket is not realistic. So, if that's not realistic, what should we be doing? How can we minimize taxes going into retirement?
2: Yeah, again, um This is for a finite group of people that what I'm going to talk about applies to because, again, statistically, many people are in the 0% bracket, but they generally aren't clients of ours because they don't need us. I'm talking about the people that we see and and meet with typically have a a decent wealth accumulated, whether it's in real estate or stock market or wherever. And so we're talking about people that have uh, maybe millions of dollars more often and those folks are just it's not realistic to think that if you have millions of dollars you're not gonna have any income tax. That just doesn't make any sense at all. So some of the things I I did want to talk about first is if you think you're gonna be in a higher bracket when you're retired, you might consider it work. You know, you have the 401k you can put money into, but many people also have a Roth 401k they can contribute to. And the limitations are much higher. You can put a lot more into a, a Roth through a 401k than you can on your own. And so a lot of people are going, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I'm younger especially to make sure that when I put money in my 401k, I check the Roth box. Yeah, I don't get the deduction now, but whatever that grows to someday, if it doubles or triples or quadruples or whatever, I'll never pay any tax on any of that. And so if it does go way up in value and I'm in a higher bracket and tax rates are higher in the future, I might choose a Roth option for my 401k. Brian, for most people, I think long-term care is going
1: to be a certainty. What are some of the ways that you can reduce taxes by funding long-term care?
2: Yeah, I think I read the stat that about 70% of us will, at some point in our life, need some care. Whether you know long term, it could be three months, it could be three years, you know, whatever it is. But that's a real thing, and you know, it used to be that kids could take care of their parents more because they maybe the kids lived where the parents lived. People weren't as mobile back, you know, decades ago. But anymore, you know, I talk to my clients. So where are your kids? Oh, they're all over the place. They're mm-hmm. <laughs> got one in Europe and one in Washington D.C. and one in Texas or whatever. So they don't live near you, no. And so a lot of people are saying, yeah, and I don't want to burden them with that anyway because they're busy, they're trying to work, and both work, and they got kids in school, whatever. And so long-term care is an important topic. Uh, I think it's something many of us address too late to, to the point where we can't get it or it's prohibitively expensive. So having that discussion earlier rather than later makes a lot of sense. But funding a long-term care, basically policy and asset-based one is what I'm talking about. If you can fund one with a long lump sum mm-hmm. of money, non-qualified money. And we'll talk about another method in a second here. But if you have a, a lump sum of after-tax money and you can fund one, if and when you do need the long-term care, that will be income tax-free. So when you receive that benefit, you're not paying taxes on that. And so that can bring a lot of peace of mind. And if you don't use it, much of your original lump sum will be returned to your estate for your heirs. So again, it's a lot of benefits from having a long-term care and part of that is the tax-free nature of the benefit. Brian,
1: you mentioned that there was another way to fund long-term care that will help in minimizing taxes. What is that?
2: Yeah, another way is to, now you have to do a lump sum with these asset-based plans. And I say asset-based because if you don't use it, most of the money can be returned to your heirs. And, and so that's the one we like to talk about when we're talking about long-term care. But some people come to me and they say, well, that sounds fine and dandy, but all my money's in a IRA account and I, I, I don't have the non-qualified assets to make the lump sum payment. Is there any way I can use that? And uh, yes, there is. You, you can take a distribution, if you're 59 and a half, a lump sum from that and buy what's called a, essentially a single premium immediate annuity and you can design it so that it will pay into that over time. So then, and there are things we can do. I mean, it's it's not ideal to have qualified money being used for long term care, but there are methods we can use to make that work too. But it's just sometimes a, a, a good thing, as I mentioned earlier. Universal life getting you out of income taxes might be good for some of your portfolio. Fixed annuity for security, although that doesn't get you out of tax. Someone's going to be taxing those gains someday. But that could be good uh, funding long. Care can be good as something is tax free if and when you need it.
1: Our program is called Growing Your Wealth. Of course, we're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPA's offices right here in Seattle. I think we've got about three or four offices, so there's bound to be one near you. If you like what we're talking about today, minimizing taxes, of course, our advisors, many of our advisors are also CPAs. And that is a big advantage when it comes to designing your portfolio is tax minimization. And we're going to continue our conversation here in just a moment. But in the meantime, I invite you to go out to the website once again, madronafinancial.com. Click on the Get Started button at the top and check your rooted wealth analysis. See if the roots of your financial plan are deep enough to sustain yourself during the next financial storm. And while you're there, scroll down about two-thirds of the way in the website down and download your digital copy of The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It's a great book. It'll show you how to sustain your retirement that could last for 30-plus years or more. Again, entirely no cost, no obligation for that. If you'd like to get it by using your phone, text RADIO to eight three three. 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373 for your free copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement.
0: Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come.
1: And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans.
2: When we talk to somebody about being their financial advisor, we often ask for their tax return, and there's a reason for that. And it's not just wallpaper or files or anything like that. There are often a lot of things on a tax return that somebody experienced can see that other people cannot, that don't work with them a lot. But most financial advisors are not CPAs, obviously. We are. Some of the things I look at when I'm looking at a tax return, and I might be looking at municipal bond interest or other interest, and it could be in old CDs or something like that, and maybe those rates aren't very high relative to what the new rates are for either fixed annuities, fixed index annuities, or CDs, and so that's one place I like to look. Another area I look at is their Schedule C, their sole proprietor business. Are they taking advantage of pension plan contributions? Are they protected if they're sued? Do they have malpractice insurance? Or do they have an umbrella policy? Maybe they want might want to consider forming a LLC, electing S corp status for their income tax return to save on Social Security and Medicare taxes. Some of that. A uh, place I really like to look is Schedule E uh, for their rentals. Are they having an adequate return on investment? Is their cash flow adequate relative to the value of their rentals? And do they have an exit strategy for the real estate? Do they have an exit strategy for their Schedule E business interests? All of that. Have they considered Opportunity Zones, Delaware statutory Trust, using Section 1031 exchanges, etc.? So there's a lot of things you can see with an experienced eye looking at a tax return.
1: Even the mightiest of trees can be blown over
0: That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans.
2: Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about taxes. That's right, Brian. Everybody's favorite subject,
1: I say facetiously, as I said before, tongue-in-cheek, taxes and death. And of course, those are two sureties in life. So in this segment, We're going to be talking about how to minimize taxes in retirement. I think we have already determined that getting to a zero tax bracket is just not feasible and it is not a good idea. One way you can get to the zero tax bracket, Brian, as we've discussed before, is just don't make any money. (laughs) But I, I think your quality of life would suffer just a little bit there. So let's dive back into it, Brian. As I said, zero tax bracket, not realistic. What are some of the other ways that we can minimize taxes going into retirement?
2: Yeah, with some other things. I mean, there are components of your portfolio where it makes sense to have them at zero bracket when you're retired. And I'm just saying that if you have a well-diversified, healthy financial balance sheet in your retirement... You're probably not in the 0% bracket. But some of those components, for instance, I mentioned the last segment, if you're working somewhere that has a 401k and you said, hey, I'm going to put money into a Roth so that that can grow tax-free when I take it out in retirement, it doesn't put me in a higher bracket. Well, that's probably a very good idea. And the younger you start, the better it is. You got time on your side, the more time you have, the more it grows, the more it grows, the more you have that 0% bracket. Another strategy around that is the universal life policy, as I mentioned before? You can coordinate that in addition to your 401k. So, one of the things that especially a younger person might do, and a younger is 40s and 30s and 40s and early 50s or whatever anymore, they might have all of that. It'd be really great if you're maybe a few things are going on at once. I'm maxing my 401k and I'm putting into the Roth side heavier than the non Roth. Outside of that, I'm putting after tax money into universal life policy. Policy, a monthly deposit into that so that when I retire, I, I have another flow of income that's income tax free. I refi to a 15 year mortgage instead of a 30 year. So I have it paid off by the time I retire. You know, these are all good things that will help you have lower taxes in retirement and things that you can be thinking about ahead of time.
1: And Brian, when you talk about mortgages there, it spawned me to think about real estate for those people who have real estate in their portfolio. Are
2: there ways that they can can deal with that to minimize taxes. Absolutely. So a lot of people that we work with have real estate holdings, rentals and commercial real estate and so forth. And while they were you know own these things, they took depreciation deductions. Now the thing about depreciation deductions is that can be something that's good and it can be something that's actually bad. And where it can be bad is where you've taken maybe you were in a kind of a low bracket and you were getting ten thousand a year depreciation for thirty years and then you sell that piece of real estate. Well, all of a sudden, you're in a high bracket because you have a three hundred thousand dollar gain just from recapturing the depreciation, in addition to any capital gain you would have because it went up in value during that time. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of real estate went up way up in value. And so now you're in this really high bracket, and taxman tells you, oh, by the way, that little ten thousand you deducted every year, which you hardly even noticed, or well, you're getting whacked for three hundred thousand because it's been thirty years of that. You got to pay it all back at the highest bracket, and even though you were deducting it at a low bracket. And boy, that just doesn't sound very fair. So it's like, well, wait a second here. That doesn't seem right. And so there is there any way out of that? And absolutely there is. And so this is the, the good side of depreciation. So you can do, as we talk on this show before, uh, Section 1031 Exchange. Mm-hmm. You can sell your investment real estate and purchase other investment real estate, but you might be saying, well, I'm selling it for a reason. I don't want to be a landlord anymore, and it's too hard to find a good property. True and true. And so we something called the Delaware Statutory Trust, which essentially is selling your real estate and doing a proper 1031 exchange. And we would help you figure that out. And then it would go into other... DST investments. It could be apartment buildings, industrial parks, self-storage, a mix of different ones. And now you own real estate that you don't have to manage. And some of the benefits that, you know, we talk about the benefits, hey, you don't have to be a landlord. You're Mm -hmm. going to get monthly income. You're diversified. You know, there's tons of benefits. But some of the ones we haven't really talked about is by avoiding that big lump sum tax hit and all that depreciation recapture, another things DSTs do is they don't affect your other income. So if you had a big gain and didn't do a DST, now you'll notice, oh gosh, that made my other income at a higher bracket because it popped me up. And then when I looked at my itemized deductions, it limited them. I didn't get as many deductions. So now it's hurt me a couple other ways, not to mention the recapture <laughs> tax I had to pay at the highest rate and the capital gains at the highest rate. And then you get a statement a year later from Medicare saying, oh, by the way. We're going to max out your Medicare surcharge for 12 months. You Mm. go, wait a second. This is a gift that keeps on taking. (laughs) Uh, This is Uh. All these bad things are happening. Another thing is there's no step-up in basis for your errors because you sold your property and didn't do a 1031 exchange. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things now that if we reverse that conversation and say, what if I did do a DST? They all become benefits. I didn't taint the rest of my income in a higher bracket. I didn't lose itemized deductions. I didn't get the letter from Medicare saying I got a Medicare surcharge. I'm still deferring any income tax. And if I keep doing this until me or my spouse pass away, we'll get the step up in basis. And my surviving spouse or my heirs will never pay any income tax on the capital gain. And they will not pay any income tax on that depreciation ticking time bomb, that depreciation recapture at uh, the 25% rate there. And so there's a ton of potential benefits by planning out this. And this is not something people know about. They just don't. Right. Uh, financial, you have to go through a financial advisor to, to get a DST and he ask one, you know, what, what's a, what's a DST? And they'll probably say deferred sales trust or anyone <laughs> know, you have the right D, the right S or the right T. Right. And, you know, they just don't know. They haven't worked with them. Uh, CPAs don't know. They know 1031 exchange, mm-hmm. but they don't know the product, uh, solution being the Delaware statutory trust. So these are all big benefits to consider if you own investment real estate. Don't sell it until you've had the DST discussion. If you have investment real estate and you're not sure you want to sell it, we will do an analysis for you mm-hmm. where I, I just did one. It was awesome. It was an older couple. They're in their 80s and they're still doing the maintenance. <laughs> and he, yeah. the, the husband's having health problems, mm-hmm. but they don't know what to do. They don't want to pay the tax. The kids don't want them to pay the taxes. That means they'll inherit a lot less. And so I, what I did is I took all their schedule E's, which shows the income and expenses from each property. And one by one, we computed their return on investment relative to the fair market value and concluded that uh, with the DST in this situation, their cash flow is actually going to go up Yeah, and they don't have to be the landlord. And so I, I think that's going to appeal to them a lot yeah. and they'll put off the taxes and get to step up in basis for their heirs, etc. Cetera, et cetera, all those benefits, but we can do that analysis for you as a tool to help you decide whether now is the time to sell your investment real estate or not.
1: And Brian, I think that's a good point there that you mentioned is if you're thinking about selling your investment real estate, that is the time to inquire about a Delaware Statutory Trust. It is not after you have sold the property. I mean, you've gotten calls before where people have said, hey, I sold my property. I've got the cash in the bank right now. I'd like to do a Delaware Statutory Trust. I mean, they've really blown the deal then, haven't they? Thank you for bringing
2: that up, Jeff, because yes, they've blown the deal. You can't be a day late. You can't be a minute late. The rules are very strict on 1031 exchanges. So yes, I've had people saying, yeah, listen about DSTs, and, and I watched your webinar, and I read this, that, and the other, and, and I sold my property, and I'm ready to do it. And uh, it's the first time we're talking. I said, you sold it. Where's the money? It's in my bank. Oh, said, oh. no. Ow. Remember that part about qualified intermediaries? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. Oh, wait a second. I had to do that before I sold, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can is there any redo? No. There actually is. You can do uh, maybe a qualified opportunity zone investment, so at least I can have that discussion, but that's not going to get you the step up, so it, it is an option. But yeah, you blow it if you if you do start having the DST discussion after you put the money in the bank. As soon as they hit your bank account, we're done having the 1031 discussion, you're no longer eligible.
1: So if you're thinking about selling your real estate, your investment real estate, you're intrigued by a DST, a Delaware Statutory Trust, the 1031 exchange, the prudent thing to do would be to contact Madrona Financial and CPAs and let them do an analysis for you to Determine what is the right route for you, but again, do it before you do anything on your own. We're talking with Brian Evans here. I'm a drone of financial and CPAs. We're talking about ways to mitigate taxes. And Brian, you just touched on it, and let's spend just a moment talking about opportunity zones. What are opportunity zones, and how can they help us mitigate taxes?
2: Yeah, opportunity zones are were created by Congress. There's about 8,700 of them. Uh, the governors pick the places, and basically, you can start a business there. And you know, when you sell that business you don't pay any income tax on the gain. But for most people, it involves uh, developing real estate. And so if you're investing in a real estate development in an opportunity zone, the only way you can invest money is if you had sold an investment and had a capital gain. That could be stock. It could be a collector car. It could be real estate where you didn't do it, Delaware Statutory Trust. It could be your business. All these things that might have generated a capital gain, you can only put that capital gain in there. And what that's going to do is going to defer paying the gain on the sale of whatever you sold uh, about four years. But the new investment that you make into the opportunity zone investment, then that as if you keep it at least 10 years, it's kind of like a Roth for real estate. Mm -hmm. It basically becomes tax free if you keep it for at least 10 years. So this is not for everybody. This is for somebody with a capital gain and who doesn't need the access to the money for at least 10 years and is willing to wait that long.
1: And when we talk about opportunity zones, Brian, I understand that the governors of all 50 states and even including U.S. territories uh, such as Puerto Rico were asked to identify areas in their states that were underutilized, underdeveloped. And this was like more than 10 years ago. So every state identified these uh, areas. And at the time, they were underdeveloped, underutilized. But now they very well could be areas that are on the rise, that are really growing, and they're still considered opportunity zones. So again, opportunity Opportunity zone may be an option for you, but it's not for everybody, and it's best to do a lot of research on that before you inquire about an opportunity zone. Again, we're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about tax minimization and tax mitigation here. Of course, we're in tax season now. Brian, I understand another way to
2: mitigate taxes would be using RMDs, putting them into a charity. Yeah, I mean here's a here's another one. Much like the DST, it has could have multiple benefits. So let's say you've got a couple couple million dollars in your qualified accounts and your accountant says well you've got to take a $100,000 required minimum distribution you got to take the money from your left pocket and put it in your right pocket essentially and the IRS wants to grab it a bunch of that on the way there and so you you do that but you also are a big giver into into charity um well if you take the distribution you're going to pay taxes at your highest marginal bracket, it's going to probably also, if it was a big one, decrease your itemized deductions and taint the rest of your income, like I was talking about with the Delaware Statutory Trust, where the rest of your income's also at a higher bracket. You might get that Medicare surcharge notice again because your income's really high. And after you pay all that stuff, you're going, boy, I don't have nearly as much to give to charity now because everybody got their, their fingers in my pocket pulling money out. To avoid that, you could have just done the required minimum distribution directly to the charity so your income doesn't go to the highest bracket. It doesn't taint the rest of your stuff. You don't lose deductions. You don't get the Medicare surcharge. The charity got 100% and nobody paid any income tax on that. So just another strategy that if you're gonna give money anyway to a charity and you're subject to required minimum distributions, I can't think of a lot of reasons not to do a direct transfer to that charity over taking it and paying tax on it than giving them what you got left.
1: And, you know, a conversation today, Brian, really illustrates why it is so important, I think, to work with an advisor and a CPA to do comprehensive tax planning. I mean, it's just one of the seven roots that sustain wealth. If you want to see how deep your financial roots are and your tax planning roots are, all you've got to do is go to our website, madronafinancial.com, and click on the Get Started button. It's at the very top of the page right there. That'll begin a conversation for you talking about your rooted wealth analysis How deep are your financial roots and will they sustain you during the next financial storm or sustain you for retirement that could last 30 years? You know, in retirement, we not only want to help you survive retirement, but we want to help you thrive in retirement. And you can do that right away by checking how deep your financial roots are. Again, no cost, no obligation for this, no judgment. Go to MadronaFinancial.com, click on the Get Started button to begin that conversation about how deep your financial roots are and why. While you're there, scroll down about two-thirds of the way down the website and click on the button that'll allow you to get our new book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Again, it's entirely free. Download your digital copy, and it is a fantastic book, I think, that you'll find enlightening. And if you'd like to use your phone to get your book, you can certainly do that by texting RADIO. Text the word RADIO to 833 673 I'll repeat that number again, 833 673 7373. Put the word radio in there and you can download your digital copy immediately. And if you want a hard copy of the book, just be sure to ask for that by texting to 833-673-7373. Brian, we're going to continue our discussion about tax minimization. But before we get to that, I read a little thing here on the internet that said, believe it or not, cows produce, yeah, cows produce 14.5% of greenhouse gas emissions through the form of methane. How do they do that? Cows are burping. And Bill Gates has taken note of this and he said, wow, this is something I really want to invest in. And I think this illustrates that Bill Gates may have too much money, but he has reportedly backed an Australian based startup company looking to stop cows from burping methane emissions. And his firm Breakthrough Energy Ventures has raised $12 million for a company called Rumen 8. That's the number 8 on the end of that, which is looking for solutions to cows burping methane, and they're doing that with a supplement of some sort. I mean, I, I don't know, Brian. It, this seems like sort of a beano type of thing for cows.
2: <laughs> what do you think? Well, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And I, I don't know that they're talking about burping uh, specifically, but uh, yeah. comes out of both like, ends, yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds like cow beano, and uh, boy, that that that's an impressive number, though, 14%. Yeah. Um, that's, that's certainly something. I, I guess if you got to spend money, I, I know he's been spending money. He's the biggest owner of farm farmland yeah. in the United States. And so he has been spending money on that. I guess he wants to put some cows on there and yeah. maybe, and he doesn't want to mess up the <laughs> atmosphere when he does it. So yeah, I guess he's taking a holistic approach yeah. to, uh, to investing.
1: So being for Cows, this is from a company called Rumin8, R-U-M-I-N-8, if you want to look that up. Bill Gates doing his part to help the environment. Okay, Brian, let's uh, get back to some serious stuff here. And that's talking about mitigating taxes in retirement. Generally, Brian, I think really when it comes to minimizing taxes in retirement, the first thing I think of is simply avoiding lump sum distributions.
2: Yeah, if there's any way to avoid a lump sum and have that spread out, that can be very advantageous depending on where you fall in the brackets. Now, if your bracket's 37% one way or the other, then it doesn't matter. But if you can take advantage of the 10, 12, 22, and 24 while not paying at the 37 All at once, if you got a big lump sum, then that could be a good thing. And one way people can do that is, let's say you're selling a business and you trust the buyer and the collateral and all of that, and they were going to pay you a lump sum. You might decide to take that over a number of years as an installment sale with interest. And so on an installment sale, you don't pay all of the income tax the day you sell the business, in this case. You only pay tax on the principal you receive in the year you receive it. So if you spread it out over a number of years, you're spreading out the taxation of the gain on the sale. And that might be advantageous. I don't know until we do a projection for you, but Mm -hmm. there's a possibility that could be advantageous to you, uh, especially depending on the character of that gain and your other income sources. So just another way to say that there are techniques out there, there's positives and negatives to everything. And a negative to that is if I get a lump sum, I know I'm going to get the money. If I sign an installment agreement, I hope you pay me. Right. And if you don't, <laughs> you have got trouble. Right. you got to take uh, the business back and you don't want that's the reason why you sold it in the first place. That's right. With real estate, if you sell it on installment sale, okay, yeah, you have good security. Right. But you can't do a 1031 exchange and right. defer the tax or eliminate it. Do the step up in basis someday. Installment notes don't get a step up in basis when you pass away. Virtually everything else does, except qualified assets, annuities, and installment notes. And so there's negative there. Positive is you might get higher interest than you can get elsewhere. And so, again, they, you know, when we talk about this all the time, there is no easy button when it comes to investing, mm-hmm. uh, there is no double digit guaranteed returns. It's safe. It's fully liquid. It provides cash flow and it's tax-free. You know? right. Sign me up. <laughs> I'll be the, the well biggest advisor in the world. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona
1: Financial and CPAs. We're talking about minimizing taxes in retirement. We've talked about avoiding lump sum distributions, uh, Roth conversions, a lot of different things. Brian, if someone is about five years away from retirement and they're coming to you and they're saying, Brian, I want to Mitigate taxes when I get into retirement, what would that conversation look like? What advice would you give to them to lead up to this retirement?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the, the point of this show is to say people that are thinking about their retirement, uh, they don't know what they don't know. I mean, you might think, well, I think I got everything figured out, but maybe it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, to have somebody else look at it because what you don't know is some of the things I probably talked about on this show and uh, what you can't access are most of the products I talked about on this show because you can only access them through a financial advisor. So retirement planning is is virtually very hard to do on your own because you know unless you're a CPA who's a licensed financial advisor and have access to everything that I talked about on this show, you don't have the tools and they're not even available for you to buy on your own. You cannot go out and buy a Delaware Statutory Trust on your own or and a fixed index annuity or, or an opportunity zone or some of these things I've been talking about here. And so that's why, you know, one of the big reasons someone would hire a financial advisor. Now, if the financial advisor you're using doesn't have access to these things, you know, I certainly uh, a lot of people switch to us because they, they want that access and they want the CPA side of things because your financial advisor may or may not be licensed to talk about income tax. And we certainly are. So, you know, if, if, if you're five years away from retirement or at any Point in retirement. When people meet with us, we are a no pressure type of thing. We're we're very clear. It's okay to say no to this process at any time. And we encourage you to say no if you don't think we're the right fit for you. So we're, we're abundantly clear on that. We are not high pressure. We are not a fit for everybody and everybody is not a fit for us. And I think one of the big
1: advantages, and I'll throw this in, of Madrona Financial and CPAs is the fact that, you know, a lot of the advisors are also CPAs. You're an advisor, you're a CPA. Christy Henderson, partner in the company she's an advisor and a cpa joel maher there is a cpa as well too so you really get the best of both worlds with madrona financial and cpas for those people who do have a financial advisor and they're working with an outside cpa can you help people who are in that situation who maybe like their cpa but they want to use you as a financial advisor
2: yeah we do that all the time there's no requirement to hire us as your cpa I like the fact that you have somebody you've worked with, you trust, and we make a a better team that way. Because they they don't have access to products and may may not know about the products and we do and we think like a CPA so we can have great teamwork discussions with your CPA on any of the strategies we have so I absolutely encourage you to keep your CPA if you like them but uh, if you heard you know if you think well my financial advisor I'd like them to have access to a CPA firm and have access to all the products Brian talks about yeah that's we work with people all the time that have others we will ask for a copy of your tax. We'll run it through our software. We'll look at it. We'll come up with, with thoughts and ideas, maybe things that haven't been brought up before because um, your CPA only has access to kind of the, the rear mirror. They don't have mm-hmm. access to your, your retirement account balances, your investment types, your future cash flow, that kind of stuff. That's not what they're doing. And so working together with a CPA makes a lot more sense than having them in separate silos.
1: Brian, for people listening to the program today who are intrigued by these possibilities of minimizing taxes i think we've already determined that the zero tax bracket is not feasible but let's talk about the people who are listening to the program today and they're really intrigued about this what should they bring with them or better yet what should they do to begin this conversation with
2: Matrona financial and cpas yeah, we'll have a, a very short questionnaire that we use. We call it triage call. So you set up a call with one of our advisors fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And just just to say is there anything obvious uh why we shouldn't be having a, a meeting and or you know is there a likelihood there might be a fit here or not it's a great way to just kind of figure that out and then even in the first meeting kind of just a expanded version of that getting to know you and and what your goals are uh, it's it's extremely important to, to know what your goals are I just had a client call me and said yeah I'm inheriting some money from my mom mm-hmm. uh, it's X amount of dollars uh, I guess I'll move it to you and invest it and I go well slow down there what's what's the purpose of this money well I' didn't You don't need to grow it. Uh, I have plenty, but we would like some, you know, we like security and could use a little little more cash flow. I said, well, don't you owe money on your boat? And he said, you know, we owe money on our boat and our house. You know, should we do anything about that? And I'm like, well, yeah. And as I talked to him, it was clear that his wife was very adamant about she wanted security. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, well, just pay those off. She'll feel a lot better. And then you'll be able to reduce your monthly outflow when money, saves is money earned so we can improve your cash flow and your security and she was yes 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 so that was the purpose of the money and then I said hey any big trips you want to take or cars you want to buy in the next five years pull that money out and put it in a side account and have it ready so that you don't feel weird about pulling it out of your investments mm-hmm. later and they go you just talked us out of investing money with you twice and he, well, hopefully I'm, a, I'm doing the right thing for your benefit but the purpose of that money was to enjoy themselves in their retirement to have security and improve their cash flow and we accomplished that not by having them move their money to me to invest and charge them a fee on it, we accomplish that uh, outside of that. So that's these kinds of discussions are just critical to uh, you know a, a, an advisor truly acting as a fiduciary for their client. So if you're listening to the program today and you're interested
1: in minimizing taxes, Brian talked about that triage call. You can do that by calling eight four four Madrona. Very simple eight four four M A D R O N A and setting up a very short appointment. And again, we call that a triage call. 844-MADRONA. You can also find out more by going to the website madronafinancial.com. And while you're at the website today, once again, click on the Get Started button there towards the top. That will start the conversation about your rooted wealth analysis. How deep are your financial roots? They may be more shallow than you think. Are they deep enough to sustain yourself for a retirement that could last 30 years and to sustain your portfolio during the next financial storm? Again, that's Madrona financial.com Click on the get started button towards the top and roll down about two-thirds of the way down the page and download your book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It is a great book that it's very enlightening, and I'm sure that you'll get a lot of benefit from that. Again, no cost, no obligation to get that book. It's a digital copy. If you'd like to do it by phone, again text radio to eight three three-six seven three-seventy-three seventy-three. Radio to eight three three-six seven three-seventy-three seventy-three to download your digital copy or just say, hey, I'd like a hard copy of Seven Steps, and we'll send it right out to you. Brian, this has been a very enlightening conversation, more than we can uh, cover here in an hour about tax minimization. I'm sure our listeners have a lot of questions, and again, madronafinancial.com or 844-MADRONA to begin that conversation to get your questions answered. So, Brian, out of time for this week, I want to thank you, of course, for your time, but most of all, I want to thank our fine listeners here in the Puget Sound area. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend, and this great part Of the country that we live in. We'll talk again next week with another edition
0: of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future. Results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST
1: investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents.